Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. Uh, Joe Zenk, pastoral leader at uh, three rural Catholic parishes in eastern Wisconsin, coming to you. If you are new to this podcast, Cup of Joe, we welcome you and uh, invite you to come and uh, be present with us, pray with us, uh, um, unpack the scripture with us uh, daily, Monday through Friday, uh, usually is when I try to put these out. Um, generally, I take the weekend off. Uh, there are plenty of other podcasts, wonderful podcasts out there that break open the, the weekend liturgies, uh, weekend readings. Um, and this is just a way to walk with uh, with you wherever you are, or whether you are one of uh, uh, the, at one of those three Catholic parishes in which I serve, or uh, somewhere else. It is good to have you with. And so, today is Thursday, May the twenty first. Now, today is 40 days after the resurrection of our Lord. Uh, And traditionally, growing up, I think many of you, I know for me, we celebrated this day as the Feast of the Ascension. And that has uh, changed in most dioceses uh, around the country that uh, we celebrate that feast now on the Sunday following. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that um, on the other side of the gospel uh, but just know because of that, I will be reading today the um, reading from the sixth week of Easter for Thursday. And so what that looks like is uh, continuing our uh, journey through the Gospel of John. Okay? For those uh, following along at home, it will be John chapter 16, verses 16 to 20. So picking up exactly where we left off yesterday, John 16, 16 to 20. Let's listen to the word of God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, a little while and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while later and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, What does this mean that he's saying to us, A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me, and because I am going to the Father. So they said, What is this little while of which you speak? We do not know what he means. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, Are you discussing with one another what I said? A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me. Amen, amen, I say to you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will become joy. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let me start by silencing my phone as an email came in there uh, during the reading of the gospel. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about this first. That today is the feast of the Ascension, um, because and we get this, brothers and sisters, from the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, now I'm sure you already know this, but Luke, the writer of the Gospel uh, of Luke, also wrote Acts of the Apostles. And here's the interesting part. The, um, in Luke's gospel, uh, Luke has Jesus ascending to the Father, the feast that we celebrate today, on the evening of Easter Sunday. So look at that. At the end of, uh, of Luke's gospel, 
that that's what happens. Now, Mark doesn't deal with the ascension at all. Uh, Matthew does, but it is after some time. It's not that same uh, evening. I'd have to go back, and I should have checked with Matthew beforehand. Uh, but that's the one where he gives the Great Commission, of course, in Matthew, and then ascends before their eyes at the end in Matthew 28. Um, Mark just has the empty tomb, and the women go away uh, uh, fearful. Uh, and then um, there's the addition uh, to the gospel there. Uh, but Luke has Jesus ascending on Easter Sunday, but then in Acts of the Apostles, uh, has him sticking around for 40 days, and after 40 days, he invites them out to the mount outside of Jerusalem from which he ascends. Now, you may be asking yourself, well, which is it? Which is true? Well, of course, both. Both. Because Luke nor the other gospel writers are even intending to write historical um, uh, artifacts, historical novels, historical books. They are writing documents of faith. And, uh, of course, that word 40, and I know you know this already too, but I'll, I'll bring it uh, about, that word 40 is not to be taken in a literal sense, that it was exactly 40 days after the resurrection that Jesus uh, was in bodily form amongst them, teaching them, and then at the end of that 40th day is when he ascended. Now, it's entirely possible it was 40 days, but it's just as entirely possible it was 39 or 41 or, or 7 or, or 70 or, or whatever. Um, because the word 40 in uh, Jewish and Hebrew understanding meant sufficient, enough. In other words, Jesus was around long enough with the disciples for them to learn what he had to say. He was there a sufficient amount of time to teach them um, beyond the resurrection, at which point he ascended and invited the Spirit to come down to them. I mean, that same idea is with Jesus's 40 days in the desert. He was there a sufficient amount of time uh, to endure that temptation, to know who he was as the beloved one uh, that he heard from the Jordan River. And he was there a sufficient amount of time to learn what his mission was. And after that time, be it 10 days or 70, he came out of the desert and then began his mission knowing who he was. The Hebrew people were in the desert for 40 years after, uh, you know, leaving uh, Egypt before they were able to enter the promised land because they needed that time in the desert, that sufficient amount of time before they were able to enter into such promised land. Because the desert, brothers and sisters, has something to teach us. Now, none of us, and, and again, that's, I'm probably poor. I, I, I cannot speak for you. I can speak for my life. Desert times are not enjoyable times. They're times we're stripped away of, of things or, or understandings or ideas of ourselves uh, or, or finances or, or relationships or, or positions or money or, or, or anything. Um, and we are feeling lacking. But, brothers and sisters, you and I both know that it's in those times they have things to teach us. 
Uh, and so uh, that, that whatever that amount of time is, we are there in that liminal space sufficient amount of time until we're able to enter into that next phase, that promised land, uh, until Jesus is able to ascend and the Spirit is able to come. Uh, and so again, that's a long, I didn't mean to, to talk that long, but that 40 days, uh, that sufficient amount of time today uh, that we celebrate that Christ was with them and us a sufficient amount of time and then sent the, the Holy Spirit, and we're going to send, uh, we're going to celebrate that uh, on Pentecost in a week and a half. Why was it moved from Thursday to, uh, to Sunday? You'd have to ask the bishops. But uh, I think because, of course, it's a holy day of obligation, I suspect they saw not a lot of people were celebrating it and uh, found it a necessity, and they moved it within the season of Easter to a Sunday when more people would celebrate it, probably similar to what we do with Holy Family uh, and um, uh, the, the Feast of um, the, uh, oh gosh, the Coming of the Kings and, uh, and things like that. So uh, I think they just moved it to a weekend to celebrate it, to make sure it's part of our liturgical cycle and understanding uh, of the life of God within the world, within us, within history, uh, and uh, within our faith life. So um, that's pretty much it. Now, I say most of the dioceses around the uh, country celebrate it uh, at this time. I do believe there are a handful that still celebrate it on this Thursday uh, today, but the, the vast majority celebrate it on Sunday. If you go to the USCCB's website, you will see and click on this day on the calendar, you'll see that both sets of readings come up and you can choose which one to do. Uh, just a little bit of teaching, which kind of goes off that idea of desert um, uh, that, that I was just speaking of. Uh, Jesus says right here, a little while and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while later and you will see me. You know, and of course, I think the, the easy answer here is we're talking about how he's going to go away. He's going to, to be crucified the next day, uh, and they won't see him because he'll be in the grave for those days. And in a little while, we will see him in resurrection. And that is certainly true. But I think in the larger sense of how this speaks to us, because remember, the first line is Jesus said to his disciples, talking to us. There are times in our lives, ebbs and flows, where that is true of us, too. Uh, boy, I speak to you right now, Karen Hennings. This is a time in your life, and I hope everybody gets to listen to you, where you are clearly seeing Christ well. And we praise God because those are, those are times when we are filled with that spirit and fervor and fire, and we are called to act appropriately in that time. But there are other times where that fire, it doesn't go away. Because that, that, that spirit is always within us. But that fire may not burn hot, but it burns smaller. And, and um, there's that slow burn aspect of it. I think of the great mystics. And these are people far beyond me. And, and perhaps you have a far better understanding and could teach the rest of this group here listening. But people like St. John of the Cross, um, St. Teresa of Avila. Uh, St. Therese of Lisieux spoke of this. Saint, maybe it's a Teresa thing. Mother Teresa. Um, but those people who experienced what John of the Cross labeled as dark night of the soul. After that amazing presence, they felt an absence. 
Now, that doesn't mean God was absent, because clearly he was not. You look at the works of any one of them, and we know that that is not true. But they felt that absence, that God was present somehow in that absence, in that, in that, in that silence, um, in that lack of feeling, almost in a sense. And they'll tell you it was a gift, and I don't know that I understand that, but they'll tell you it was a gift in that it, it invited them to rely not on their senses or their emotions or their feelings or anything else, but just to trust that God was present in the silence. And I don't know, brothers and sisters, that I can say it any better than that. And so, yes, while Jesus is saying, you're in a little while and you will no longer see me, and again, in a little while and you will, I guess my point I'm trying to say is, if you are in one of those ebbs or flows where it is silence, and where it doesn't feel like a roaring fire. Don't shame yourself. Don't say, I'm doing something wrong in my prayer life, and I'm wrong. There are times God gives us that gift of desert. And in that, he invites us in a, in a, to help us more mature in our prayer life, to say, I don't need that feeling. I don't need to rely on emotion here. I'm simply trusting that you are present here now. I mentioned, uh, I think it was a handful of days ago, that, that my favorite uh, act of prayer lately, and I say lately, maybe the last handful of years, has been centering prayer. And for those who don't know what centering prayer is, I simply take 10 or 15 minutes in the morning. You don't have to do this if you don't want, but I, I find it very uh, fulfilling. And I just sit in silence. I don't think thoughts. I don't pray in words out loud or in my mind to God. I just sit and commune in silence and allow God to speak to me and not necessarily in any words, but just to be present to God and God to be present to me. And I think that's kind of what Jesus is saying here. There are times, brothers and sisters, we see him and we feel him and we know and praise God for those times. But there are other times we don't, and that's okay too. We trust he is with us, even in those times because he is. We couldn't be alive we couldn't be who we are without his presence. But just know that is, is perhaps a desert time and our God inviting us to learn its lesson for a sufficient amount of time, 40 days or whatever that is, and, uh, and trusting that it has something to teach us and to just be with him in that silence. The fruits of it can be very apparent, and we see that with the great mystics that I mentioned earlier and many, many other saints. Let's uh, take that to prayer today. Uh, we continue through the joyful mysteries, my friends, and uh, today we are on Thursday, so today's mystery will be the presentation in the temple. Um, if there is someone or something for which you would like to pray, let me give you some time to uh, lift that up to our God right now as we begin.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. The fourth joyful mystery, the uh, presentation and the temple. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, my friends, God bless you on this feast day uh, and celebrate it well and celebrate it again on Sunday. You know what? I think our God is entirely okay with that. Uh, Bless you. May you be wrapped in the mercy and love and joy of our God. And I look forward to us being back together tomorrow. God bless.